It was raining. I was grateful for not being the one driving for once. I was with Randy. Both of us were snazzed out, headed to Lafayette to meet some of the new clients that Kenny had sent us. We took Randy's well-maintained blue Cadillac, which was filled with that old furniture smell and meticulously cleaned. I wasn't focused on work. I didn't really care anymore. I was a bottle of ball of anger, angry at Nick for his betrayal and at Sarah for leaving me. All of my focus was on Sarah. Randy could tell. I'm sure it was fairly obvious as hiding my feelings was never one of my strong points. He kept it casual for a bit, talking about the weather, the cheesy commercials on the radio, our new clients before he broke out. So what's going on with you and Samantha? I looked out the window and smirked, correcting him. Sarah? Well, whatever. He casually flicked his blinker to merge. You know what I mean. Did y'all work it out yet? Is she moving back in? I felt uncontrolled emotion welling up. There was no reason for it, but my eyes began to water. I looked out the window and breathed to control myself before I replied. <sighs> no, I'm not sure. I don't think we're back together, but we're working on it. She got that job, by the way. He gave a weak smile and nodded. I could tell there was sympathy there. But not for any reason I had at the moment. Oh, yeah? He said coolly, as though he'd forgotten. Yeah, I think I really helped. I, I wrote a resume, because it was like a mess before, and then I did the research for her and drilled her on all the interview questions and got her the interview, so now she's all set. He was blunt. Is this job in Baton Rouge? I squinted, looking out the window at the trees as they rolled by. No, it's in New Orleans. How's that gonna work, guy? Randy was very good at leading people to outcomes. It was what made him a great salesman. I didn't respond, so he just pressed further, casually adjusting his fancy watch as he did so. Is she gonna start helping you with the bills now? It's, uh... Uh, I couldn't think. I didn't want to think. She needs her money. She's struggling too, I guess. I, I, I don't know. He squinted and raised a hand in frustration as we approached a paired-off set of big rig trucks who seemed to be racing each other below the speed limit, blocking traffic. God damn it! He turned to me, visibly upset. <laughs> I thought she was living with her mom now. How many bills could she have? Well, I scratching my beard and thought, she's got school and stuff, and she's paying her own car note now. She's she's only going to be making like $20 an hour or so to start, and, and it's part-time while she's training. Okay, Mike. If that's how it is. His voice trailed off, and he just sat there driving in silence. I looked out the window again. There was a bird circling in the distance, an eagle. No stress. So simple. So easy. At that moment, I wished I was an eagle. I wished I could fly away from everything, leave the world behind for good. We were getting close to the exit. I'd made the drive to Lafayette dozens of times to meet clients. It was a familiar hall. H how do you and your wife do it? He kept watching the road inside. How do we do what? I rolled down the window a moment, taking a deep breath of air, and I turned to him. How do you guys make it last for so long? You kids don't understand. 
You've got the internets. You've got cell phones and texting. And everything is immediate, right there in front of you. I sat there, absorbing what he said. Even though I'd heard things like this before, things always felt more sage coming from Randy. It seems like most people in your generation watch these movies and think, that's how it's supposed to be, a fairy tale, where everyone lives happily ever after. The minute it's not perfect, you just give up, move on to the next one. I threw up a hand to interrupt him. I I don't see it that way. I know it takes work. I know you do, Mike. That's not my point. It's the big picture. Do you think I've been married for 40 years? It's always been this happy, this wonderful thing? It wasn't a real question. I just waited for him to go on as we pulled off on the exit. Well, I got news for you, buddy. It wasn't. It's never like that. Now, I love my wife. Very much. But sometimes, I am fucking miserable. And she's miserable, too. Sometimes I hate her. And I wonder what I've done in the first place. Loving someone is not a constant. Things change. You fall in and out of love all the time. The car made its way through the streets of downtown Lafayette, and I rolled my hand up and down out the window, catching the wind like a child as I listened to his rant. People these days think that the grass is always greener because the world seems so much smaller. And well, because frankly it is. It is always greener. No matter who you date or who you marry, there can always be someone better. Someone better looking, someone smarter, harder working, with more money, funnier, more common interests. And you could spend your whole life looking for that next field, thinking, what if? What if I found someone else? What if I had dated so-and-so? Or whatever. It actually made a lot of sense. I felt like a sponge was eager for an answer as we pulled up. He started smoothly parallel parking. I see what you mean, so what's the trick? The trick is, he turned off the car and smirked at me for a moment of emphasis. Find someone who understands all that and is willing to do it again and again. I grabbed the dead man's briefcase with my papers and shut the door behind me looking at him as he grabbed his binder and did the same. I'm not sure I know what you mean. I'm saying you need to find a person that understands and knows how great it was falling in love with you in the first place, and that they are willing to stick around, make it happen again and again, that for all the fighting and all the grief, they know it will end and come back around just to be that much happier again. He then gave me the biggest grin and patted me on the back. Let's go make some fucking money. The office was surrounded by glass, and the client was a severe-looking older woman with curt black hair and a slimming black business suit. She had her hands gripping either side of the pen in front of her, and she seemed slightly annoyed at our presence. We already have a contract with them, and from what I understand, we are bound to it for another 28 more months. I'm not exactly sure why you are all here. Randy stood up and let out a false chuckle. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, we were just making sure you were aware of your future options. He shook, his, he shook her hand, and I did the same, giving her my best fake smile. Have a great day, ma'am.
Back in the car, the first words out of his mouth was delivered, Motherfucker! I, <laughs> I had the new client list in my lap, half scanning it as I asked, So this is all bullshit. These aren't even clients. Is this just a list of businesses in the area or something? That son of a bitch sent us in blind. He grabbed the client list out of my lap and tossed it into the back seat, slightly crumpled. This is all bullshit, man. It's another trick by Kenny to keep us occupied. All these people already have contracts with other companies. I groaned, and we wasted the day away, confirming Randy's suspicions to be correct. That night, I tried calling Sarah again. A few times, and she didn't answer. The only response that I got was a text that said, Busy. I sat on the back porch in my robe, bringing out day-old bread to feed the ducks, trying to make new feathered friends. A few times, I actually got one to eat out of my hand, and for a brief moment, I was elated, like a Disney character. Thane and Ian were both grumbling away with jealousy from the doorway, where I had told them to stay. They were good dogs, when they wanted to be. My phone lit up on the table. I was excited, hoping it would be good news. I sighed. It was Leah. She was a former employee of mine who over the years had become my friend. Lately, we'd spent more time catching up and bitching about our mutual relationship troubles. How are you doing? I'm okay, I guess. How about you? I'm good. The usual. So I've been thinking about what you said. I think the jealousy angle is maybe a good plan. Have you seen her lately? I frowned as I texted back. No, not since Florida. She did talk to me, though, when she needed help with her resume and stuff. She just sent periods back. So when are we going out? We can go to Dovix on Thursday. I'll get all my girlfriends to come. Cool. The phone rang. It was Nick. I immediately ignored it. And he rang again. I ignored it once more. And once more he called. I sent him a text and said, Busy. He replied with an apologetic essay that was so unclear and verbose that I knew he had to be using again. Hearing him only reminded me of the other Nick I knew. Business Nick is how I thought of him. We'd never been very close, though we'd both tried a few times over the years to connect. He was the most unemotional person I'd ever met to the point of being robotic. Money and the potential for it was always his driving force behind every relationship he maintained. I lit up a cigarette and called him, standing up to stretch. Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. I'm glad you called. I was actually just thinking about you. I was taking aback. Oh, really? Why's that? Well, uh, he sometimes seemed to forget about pleasantries. I could almost hear him shifting gears. How is everything with you and your fiancé? The, they're going. I didn't want to talk about it. Everything okay with you? I could hear him smile. Actually, yes. I've gotten engaged as well. I nodded and took a big drag. That's great to hear. So what was it that you wanted to talk about? He breathed a sigh of relief as we switched to his favorite topic. Isn't your background in sales and business? Yeah. I paced around in my flip-flops, walking toward the little island near the pond. Actually, that's what I'm doing now, mostly B2B, managing clients and all that. 
I guess I'm pretty good at it. I see, he went on. Are you happy with your current job? I chuckled, seeing where this was going. Not exactly. Why, are you looking to scalp me? Well, maybe. He was excited. He always dreamed big about business. I'm starting a new company, and I need someone who can do the sales part. Like, all of it. Develop a team as we expand, negotiate, and deal with the clients. Things like that. I smirked. I'll be your huckleberry. We talked in detail as I got ready to go and meet Leah at the bar downtown. It was classy for a dive bar. It was right under the interstate, and as you approached, you could hear the constant wailing of cars overhead. The inside was loud and smoky. A long wooden bar with narrow walkways and dimly lit orange lights. Leah was waiting for me as I walked in. Having come from work, I was still dressed snazzy in a suit. But the tie had long since found its way to the floor of my messy SUV. I smiled at her, and she gave out a little, Hey. Leah was next door pretty, with a round face and piercing blue eyes. She had full curves, but not so much that made it that it made her any less attractive. Her hair was naturally curly, and it was always a bit stray, as though she never quite learned how to manage it. She wore a dark patterned dress and heels, and a casual grin. Never seen you in a dress, I said, casually looking around the room. She pulled pulled up back on the bar stool as she plopped down beside as I plopped down beside her. Oh, you like? I grinned, waving at the bartender. Yeah, you look good, girl. She brushed illusory dust of some sort off of my suit jacket. You aren't looking too bad yourself. Leigh and I always had a casual level of flirtation between us. When Sarah first met her, she was immediately jealous. I believe her words were, I can't believe you hired a hot blonde girl. <laughs> I'd never crossed the line, nor would I, and I had always considered her to be more of a friend and pupil, as Leah would hit on me me up for advice about business or men. The night went well, well enough that I remember drinking a good bit and forgot most of the details. When it was almost over, Leah tagged me and her girlfriends on her Facebook status. We both knew Sarah would see it. I crawled into my bed to pass out and cradle the two affectionate dogs. So, I heard you went out with Leah. Sarah put extra emphasis on the name as though it was an accusation. She called me as soon as she saw it, first thing in the morning. Those were her first words. Yeah, it was fun, I replied casually, feeling in control of the situation for the first time in weeks. And she was direct, holding back a seething jealousy. Nonchalantly, I said, and what? Did anything happen? She drug it out slowly, with a long pause at the end. I relished it for a moment before replying, what do you think? Well, we aren't really together, so... My heart sank. That's not what I wanted to hear. We aren't together. I thought we were. And the answer to your question is no. Of course not. She's just a friend. We're taking a break. I told you I just need space. You keep calling me and emailing me. That's not giving me space. She sighed. Her tone was sarcastic. I, I don't want space. What about me? Doesn't commitment mean anything to you? I lit up another cigarette, slowly inhaling it, as she replied, I do love you, Michael. I just need time to figure things out. I'm not just some boyfriend. I'm your fiancé. 
That's supposed to be real. We should be figuring things out together. I exhaled, watching the smoke flow out in front of me towards the stars. Don't you miss me? I've barely slept since you left. Of course I miss you, she sighed. You don't understand, and I, I can't explain it to you right now. It's just complicated. I groaned at her. Complicated? Like a Facebook status, huh? Anyway, that was her favorite word to use to change the subject. I was planning on going to Baton Rouge to go to Bayou Country Fest. Oh? I sneered and squinted because I knew where it was going. Were you? That's up here in Baton Rouge, right? Yeah? She paused for a bit and just let it hang till I replied. I squinted, leaning on a puff of smoke, looking over the swamp. You want me to take you? Well, she went on, selling me on how great the idea was. We could make a weekend of it. We'd need to get tickets soon. It sells out quickly. I'd like to see you and the dogs. I agreed and decided to make a big plan for it. I went shopping at every little romantic florist in town. I filled the whole house with roses and scented candles. I even had a trail of rose petals leading up the stairwell to an altar of love I had made. <laughs> at the center was a photo of us and a big jar of coins that we'd been saving for our honeymoon fund. I tapped it. Whenever you're ready was on the front. In the backyard, I placed the pub table on the little island, surrounded it too by candles and flowers with a red tablecloth and a few bottles of our favorite wines. If it wasn't going to work, at least I could say I tried my hardest. She showed up at the front door wearing a dress and heels. Her face was coiled in frustration. Let's just, let's just head out. I smirked and started locking the door behind me. Michael, I'm tired of driving. Can, can I just go inside? She frowned. Hey. I looked her right in the eyes and gave her a deep kiss. Let's just relax. I'll drive. I'm hungry. Oh, she frowned as she got in the car. I already ate. I pulled out the car and tried to let it slide. Uh, I thought the plan was for me to take you to dinner, remember? She twirled her hair with her finger and absently looked out the window. Oh, I forgot. I just had Popeyes and biscuits on the way. You know how I get when I haven't eaten... I pulled out of the neighborhood and merged on the interstate. Oh, okay. Well, let's just go out dancing or for drinks then. We're both dressed up. Why not? Uh, okay, she said, somewhat mirroring me. That's fine. I just don't want to stay out too late. I headed downtown and did my best to make her laugh. But she was a tough crowd. We went out, had cocktails at a place that Leah had recommended. And after 45 minutes of casual conversation... She started complaining about being tired, even though it was fairly early. I took her home, bolting out of the car to quickly light the 80 candles as she moved at a sloth-like pace, grabbing her things out of the car. When I opened the door, I was expecting her to just swoon. This is nice, she said with a half smile, filled with indifference. Y yeah? I gave her a worried grin. I, I did all this for you because I love you. She looked around for a moment, glancing up at the stairwell as she pet the dogs. 
You didn't need to do all this. It's not a big deal. I felt defeated. She didn't even seem to appreciate the effort. She just said, I just want to go to sleep. I worked all day. Will you join me for wine and dessert in the backyard? I raised an eyebrow and had a hopeful grin. She nodded and went outside. She was unimpressed with the rose petal trail and the candles that I had lit and filled the backyard with. She replied with a sigh. This is like The Bachelor. Is that good? Are you happy? I looked away, pouring her a glass of wine. It's like way too much, Michael. It's really cheesy. She took a sip as she leaned back in her chair, looking at me. She could tell I wasn't expecting her to react this way. Anyway, I, I appreciate the effort, though, I, I guess. I looked down at the ground and lit up a cigarette. I felt defeated. I was trying to, to make it like the movies. I thought it would work just like in the movies. H how much did this cost you? She was cool and casual, looking up at the stars and the trees. Uh, a bit. I, I found good, good deals, though. I smirked, which forced a smile out of her. You're always good at that, she smiled. Well, I said, putting down my own glass and kneeling next to her. What do you think? Can we make this work? She looked away and sighed frustratingly. I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, but your attitude isn't. I smirked and grabbed her, pulling in to kiss. She was so tense. I could tell. She wasn't really kissing back. I sat back, and she started to stand up. I suppose you want to have sex after all this, huh? I rolled my eyes and stood up. If you want, I smirked. I didn't do all this to get laid. She put down her glass and corked the bottle. I'm tired. I never really want to have sex anyway. You know. Let's just go upstairs. As I followed her, she didn't even stop to look at the altar I'd set up. You used to, I groaned, and she started to undress in the bedroom. No, not really, she sighed. That was all just for you. Let me try again. Just relax. I massaged and kissed every inch of her, hoping that maybe this time I'd find a secret. I started going down on her, and she pushed me away. I don't like that. Let me try. I want to make you happy. After a few minutes, she just said, just make love to me. We did. It was sad and passionless. The whole weekend was like that. It felt like a funeral. Sunday morning, we made love for the last time on the couch. And she seemed to be happy again for a moment. She got up to leave and kissed me and said, If this is going to work, it can't work like this. You need to move to New Orleans. I remember smiling uncontrollably. I was so happy that she'd given me a chance. I wasn't even aware of her attitude, what it really meant. As I packed her bags in her car, I said, As you wish, I'll be there next weekend if I can. And the next week, I dropped everything and spent all of my savings to break my lease and moved to a cheap house in the Ninth Ward in New Orleans. It was an old shotgun. Not a great part of town. Nisa came to help me unpack a few weeks later. Depression had left my things in boxes. It didn't work out as planned. You look really good, she said, smiling at me. I was wearing sweatpants and form-fitting wife beater. We were in the kitchen of the old shotgun house, standing on the cracked, 
and buckled wooden floor. Yeah, you think so? I've been dieting. I was unsure of myself. The person I saw in the mirror was fat and ugly. That's not what she saw. Yeah, your stomach is flat. Your arms look really good, too. Maybe do something about that beard, though. She was leaning on the linoleum counter. Pieces of it were peeled and cracked. It was a typical New Orleans house. Worn, but with character. She laughed as she went on. It really needs a trim. I chuckled, too, and felt awkward. I didn't understand how to take compliments then, so I just changed the subject. How's things with Nick? She sighed. It's the same he's still using, but I love him, so I'm staying. I started to try and complain to her about it, giving her my opinion, but she abruptly cut, cut me off. Look, Mike, I don't want to hear about it. Tell me about you and Sarah. Nothing. Nothing. I immediately became sad at the mention of her name. I felt shaking coming on. I said, we, we had a date. She wanted me to take her to this festival that I paid for, and I, then nothing happened. Nothing happened. Since I came back, she hasn't visited me or called me or anything, and I did this whole romantic thing with flowers that weekend. She didn't care. I think she just wanted to go to that festival. It was all that seemed to matter. And then she told me to move here, and she hasn't even visited me, and it's been weeks. It's been weeks. It's been weeks. I was rambling, losing control. I sat down and started rocking myself. She hasn't even visited me. It's been weeks. Nisa kept her distance, and Thang came over, placing her fluffy face against me in a hug, calming me down. Nisa uncapped a beer from the fridge and brought me one, sitting down opposite me on the couch. I'm sorry, she said, trying to calm me. Maybe she's not the right one. If she loved you, she would have appreciated all that. Anger began to fill me. I was looking for someone to blame. I wanted to blame her. I didn't look up at her as I accused her. You were the one who told me to commit to her when Laura needed me. Laura is dead. You told me that Sarah was the one, that she would be a good partner. Why would you do that? Nisa began to stand up feeling uncomfortable. Mike, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I, I can't know everything. You need to stop blaming yourself for Laura. I just started crying. I dated Laura for three years. She was the first woman I ever felt I had truly loved. She committed suicide around the time I started dating Sarah. I had broken up with her, and she was calling me, dealing with her own issues. Nisa and Nick told me to move past it and focus on Sarah. I tried to help her, but in the end, I just ignored her. That was her last phone call that night. I ignored it. I'm sorry. I was crying, rocking back and forth, holding myself. I felt a migraine coming on. My head was pounding. I felt embarrassed. It's, it's not your fault, Nisa. I'm not in a good place right now. She moved closer as though she wanted to touch me and console me. I let out a soft groan. You should go. I have a headache. She left. I never did like showing weakness, not to anyone. I washed my face to look normal 
overwhelmed with anger and sadness. I went for a walk in the neighborhood. I was looking for trouble. Back then, I wanted a violent release of my anger. I was unwell mentally and physically. My vision blurred. The long, colorful houses with iron frame porches went unappreciated by me as I walked through the neighborhood. It was dark. I was looking for trouble. After an hour, a man was following me. Well, it seemed like it. Are you following me? I said coolly, waiting for confrontation. He was taller than me, wearing a frayed shorts and a stained hoodie. He looked surprised. No, not really. You look lost, though. Why do you say that? I squinted fully and turned around and postured. We're going to get a lot of white folk around here. He shifted uneasily. He wasn't sure what to make of me. I grinned. I live here now. My house is around the corner. Oh, okay, then, he said, made off to walk away. I glared at him for a moment. I wanted something to happen. I hope there won't be any problems. No problem here, man, he shrugged. It's all chill. He left. I was disappointed. I was unaware of how unwell I was. As the days went by, the headaches continued. I started getting them every day. I remember sitting in my favorite coffee shop, playing Magic the Gathering with my friend Jack, and one started pounding again. You know, magic is a card game, kind of like Pokemon, but for people who like Dungeons and Dragons. Elves, dwarves, magic, Lord of the Rings, that kind of stuff. Jack was a friend I'd known for years. He had long black hair, like a goth rock star. And he was always logical, like a stoic philosopher. Tap, he said, turning his card to activate an ability on his turn. Then he sort of patted the table to the left of me to let me know he was done. Jack wasn't a rambler. He only talked when he had something to say, not to fill the air like I did or other people do sometimes. My head was pulsing, a pounding that continued until my eyes started to hurt from the light. I was distracted by it, so he said, It's your turn. Are you okay? You're squinting. Yeah, I groaned, rubbing my eyes with my fingers like it would help. I popped some Advil before I walked in, but it wasn't cutting it. I just have a headache. He was sincere and worried. We don't have to keep playing. We can pick it up another day. No, 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 I deflected. It's fine. I've been having headaches for weeks now. I just, I just, I just need to get used to it. His eyes widened inquisitively. He leaned on the table, placing a finger on his chin like a detective. You've been having headaches for how long exactly? Oh, I yawned, leaning back with half a closed eye. I guess like three or four weeks and the pain is getting worse. I forgot that he was a doctor, I guess. It wasn't something I'd normally considered. He was my friend. I nodded and said, Yeah, the Advil used to help, but I've been taking more and more and it's not doing anything. I've never seen him so serious in all my life. You need to go to the hospital like now. So that was the day the VA hospital told me I had a tumor. I didn't have a job. The one with Nick didn't pan out like I thought. I had no money. And I had a tumor. Life could not have been more fucked. Thank you for listening. 
sign up on my Patreon. Tell your friends and stuff.